Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus. I really have been honored to be on this journey with you guys in several different stages, and I'm loving the look. I'm loving the feel. It's, it's amazing uh, to be here. And here's what I know. I know your pastors. I, we were friends with them before they even when they had this dream still in their heart. And aren't they just the best people? You know, I mean, aren't they just the best people? I, I actually, um, I just want to honor them and their heart for the Lord individually, but also their heart for the city and the passion that they carry and the sacrifice they made. So this is kind of a unique opportunity for us because they would never do this. But for us to just show our love and honor your pastors today, thank you so much. Let's, let's give them a good clap. We love you guys. Thank you so much. And I love the series that you guys are in. I really do. I'm loving the series. I love the graphic. I love the subtitle, The Life We're Meant to Live and Change. I love everything about it. And I think it's great. So I'm happy to jump right in and help talk about that today. So I just want to ask you guys, is there anyone in the room here that's into makeover shows? Anybody here into makeover shows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so... Um, does, Okay, okay, well, we'll, we're going to distinguish. I'm going to start by talking about a show that's a little bit old, but I think it was the best, like, makeover show. It was called What Not to Wear. Do you guys remember What Not to Wear? So it ended in 2013, and then the reruns carried on, and I watched the reruns and all this. But the premise of this show, if you do not know, maybe for the men in the house, the premise of this show was that your friends or family, the friends of family of a person would nominate them based on their horrible fashion, their horrible wardrobe, and they would film them secretly for weeks from a very bad angle, I might add. <laughs> and they would film them secretly, and then the experts, Stacy and London, no, Stacy, London, and Clinton, they would come in and they would kind of expose this person and all of their fashion faux pas. It was really fun to watch, but not fun if you were the participant, because everyone would tell you how horrible your wardrobe was. And then they would give the person $5,000 to change their wardrobe and change their life. Really, that was the essence of the show, right? And no matter what part of the show, I kind of flipped through the channels to, to, to find something. No matter what part of the show I landed on, I had to watch to the end. I had to see this person that was a total mess end up being transformed into something that was amazing and fabulous. So, that, that, so that's what that show was about. And some of you might be into home makeover shows, maybe more than fashion. Um, anybody in the house, Fixer Upper, Joanna, Chip, you know, and Chip Gaines and what they do. And so the thing is, is I think the reason these shows are so popular and I think the reason that we like to watch these shows is because we see something, they go into these houses that are a total disaster, they're disgusting, they're closed in, and they make a total and complete renovation, a total and complete change. And no matter how many times I watch, I mean, I know what Joanna's going to do, right? She's going to take out this wall and open this up and put shiplap on half and do a hanging light, make the island bigger. I know what she's going to do every time, yet I still watch because to see that kind of transformation, there's something inspiring about that, right? Because I think we all connect to the fact that there's a mess inside of us, or maybe there is a mess in our lives and we all need an expert to come in and help us out right and save somebody we need help to renovate that because we are all a hot mess 
Can we just acknowledge that today? There's no shame in that. We're all a mess. On our own, we cannot do this thing called life. We cannot do relationships. We cannot do our walk with Christ on our own. We need someone to come in. We need the expert. And your series, it springs board off of a passage in Colossians chapter 1. And so I just want to focus first. Let's just look at verse 6 of this passage. It says, The same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. It is bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives, just as it, this message, has changed your life from the day you first heard and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. I love the language of this verse in the message, uh, and it starts, starting one verse earlier, I just wanted to share it with you. It says, the message is as true among you today as when you first heard it. It doesn't diminish or weaken over time. And I just think that's a word for some of us who've been Christians a long time, maybe, and we we've, feel like we've heard the message, and it doesn't have the same life. Listen to this. The message is as true among you today as when you first heard it, and it does not diminish, and the message does not weaken. It is the same all over the world. This message bears fruit. It gets larger, and it gets stronger, just as it has in you. So this is what Paul was saying to the church at Colossae, but this is a word that is directly related to us today as well. The message and experience of Jesus has the power to change us and change our lives and change the result or the fruit of our lives. It changes on the inside, producing something new on the outside. And that's way more impressive than a new wardrobe and way more impressive than a fixer-upper house, right? So I want to ask you today, what is our part? Do you think that we have a part to play in this. We talk about Jesus doing all of this changing, but what is our part? I want to tell you today that we have a part. We have a part in this. So I want you to look at your neighbor and I want you to say, I have a part. And then I want you to look at your other neighbor and say, you have a part. Yeah, easier to say that one, isn't it? <laughs> so it's not all up to God. And it's not all up to us. Either one of those extremes and we get out of balance. It is a partnership. It's a relationship. That is how God chose to make it. God chose to create us and work in us and work through us, not because he needed to, but because he wanted to. He, and because of that love, he has given us a choice. We have choices and decisions to make to participate in the life and purpose that God has set out for us. How do we know if we're living the life and purpose that we were meant to live? How do we know? I, do you ever wonder, am I living the fullness of life that was intended for me? I actually think it's easier to identify when we're not living the life that we're meant for. I think that kind of stands out to us even more. Um, I think it's more recognizable, and it seems like this. It feels like this. Discontent. Aimlessness. No fulfillment. Discouragement. 
no passion, no energy, no vision. The sense that this can't be it, or even what's the point? Those feelings, those thoughts, those thinking in your everyday life, that's a clue that you're probably not living the life that God intended for you to live. I have felt those things. I have felt them. So I identify with them strongly. Um, anybody, anybody else in the room? You don't have to raise your hand, but yeah. But can I tell you here today that that is not the way we were meant to feel about this life. That is not the way we were meant to feel about this life. If you recognize yourself here, listen to this. Jesus said in John 10, 10, that he came. So the, he said, I came. The reason he came was so that we could have abundant life, fullness of life. So if you are not living in abundance, and if you're not living in fullness, there is more. There is more than what you have today, even in Jesus. He has more for you. So if you feel stuck in the place of feeling like I am absolutely not living fully the life God has for you today, I want you to listen because there's going to be a change that is coming. There's going to be a change that's coming. I believe that the Holy Spirit is going to unlock some things in your heart as you're listening today that's going to show you some of, the th some of your part some of how you can release what you need to release so that God can do his part, because God is faithful. He's ready and waiting to do his part, but we must do our part. So there is a race that is marked out for you and for me, this life that we're talking about that we're meant to live. It's a race, and we're gonna, our main scripture today is really just gonna be one verse, and it's out of Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. So if you have your Bible, you can turn there or look, at, look it up in your phone. And Hebrews 12.1 um, comes right after Hebrews 11. That makes sense. Hebrews 12 comes after Hebrews 11, in case you're looking. Um, but Hebrews 11 is an amazing chapter. I, I really just, just read it. It's, it's one of these super fun chapters to read. And it's called the Faith Hall of Fame. And it's stories of people who had lived the life they were meant to live. They lived by faith. They hadn't always seen the finish of that, but God was continuing to finish that work. So the author of Hebrews, who is not known for sure, but the author says, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. So since we're surrounded by the stories of others who have lived the kind of life and run the kind of race that we want to run, let us throw off everything that hinders, and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. So here we see clearly in God's word that there is a race marked out for us, but the writer is instructing us to do some things as well. Here is that partnership that I was talking about. The author is explaining that, and perhaps even warning, that there are things that could keep us from running well. So this metaphor of our Christian lives being like a race that's being run, I know you've heard it before, and actually it's all throughout scripture. I just did a quick glance and I found it in nine different books, written Old Testament new, hundreds of years apart, different authors, all using the same analogy. Do you see a picture and a pattern here? So this is something we can really learn on. And this was really vivid imagery for the early Christians because it was the backdrop for them was the Olympics, really. The Greek, they were called the Olympiads at the time. Um, in ancient Greece, in the city of Olympia, the Olympics had been going for quite some time. It started early in the 8th century B.C., 
So it had been going for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, and most of what happened in the Olympics was running. It was all different kinds of races. The very first Olympic event was a foot race. And so this, was a this is very vivid imagery. But some of us may not know as much about track and field, <laughs> even though we still watch the Olympics, as others. So I thought I'd give you guys some imagery and a picture today of how one might prepare for a race. So I'm going to ask my husband to be our sports model. Matt, would you come on up today? Be an illustration. I think we're going to prepare him for the race, okay? So if you could just come stand right over here, darling, and we're going to get you ready. So what would one need for a race? I think we should start with footwear. I think that's important. That's how I always start my wardrobes, with footwear. So let's start here. So we really don't know what the terrain is going to be like. Honestly, we don't know what it's going to be like, and we need to keep your feet safe and protected. So why don't you slide those bad boys on, this nice Canadian footwear, essential. And then the other thing, oh, yeah, I want to keep those feet protected and safe. Okay, and then, and then the other thing, we, we want to also keep, make sure that, that, you, um, that your head, that if you trip and fall, that you don't hurt your head. So this is a nice, this is about the safest helmet I could find. And if there's bugs, we don't want them getting in your eyes. So if you could just put that on, that's going to keep your head nice and safe. I think I'm pretty good at this, figuring out this race thing. All right, so go ahead and put that on if you can. And then, again, you're going to run so fast that the wind's going to be coming against you. So we should protect you from the wind. So if you could just throw this sucker on too, that would be great. And you're definitely going to get thirsty, and you don't want to run out of water. So, got a little bit of water for you here. All right. Now, I there you go. I think we mostly have you covered, but because I'm not an expert on running the race, I think, I think what we should do is just have a just-in-case pack, you know, like just-in-case, just-in-case you need it. I've learned to do that as a mom to think of all the things you might need. So why don't you just throw this on? It's got all the extras, you know? Anything you might need along the way. No, no. I'm not running. You're running. So. All right, so you got it? I'm not running either. All right, now we need to test this out. So I think he's looking pretty good. If you could just do 10 laps around here. We want to see if it works and just do just here, just... Okay, on your mark, are you ready? Okay, no, I'm not actually going to make you run. <laughs> but you can see here, how do you think Matt is going to do running the race, running in a race, right? He's not equipped well. He's trying to think of everything on his own and do it all on his own, and he ends up weighed down. He ends up unable to really run. You're thirsty because <laughs> he's sweating. <laughs> Yeah, you guys get the point, right? It's much harder to run a race when you're weighed down by all of these things. Yet most of us look like this in the spiritual. We're trying to run our race. We're trying to live the life we're meant to, but we're so weighed down. And this passage is telling us to run with endurance, to run with endurance. And we're like, we're trying. Why am I so tired? Why is this not working? So some of us have been trying so hard, but there is a weight in our souls that we feel, and we're tired, and we're exhausted, and others of us have just stopped running altogether. But Jesus can change all of that. 
When we encounter and come face to face with him and his presence that is here today, he sees all of this. He sees clearly what this passage says is hindering and entangling us. He does. And he has the power to set us free, but we have to be willing to let him. We have choices to make too. So let's give it up for Matt. I really wanted to see you run at least one lap, but thank you. There are two challenges in this passage today, and if we say yes, change will come. So the first one is this. We have to let go. We have to let go. Everybody say really loudly, let go. Let go. So there are things holding that you are, sorry, there are things you are holding on to or that are holding on to you that are slowing you down and affecting your race. And this passage tells us to throw them off. It doesn't say, notice, God will take them away. God, there's such a weight, take it away. That's not what the passage says. God is not going to play tug of war with us. God gives us a choice, and he tells us to throw it off. If he tells us to throw it off, it means we have the ability to throw it off. Does that make sense? So he uses the intensity of this language. He says, throw it off. Another translation says, strip it off, lay it aside, and let go of. So what are we letting go of? First, we're letting go of everything that hinders. So what is hindering your walk with God? Do you ever want to run, but you're carrying extra weight, and the extra weight makes it harder to do so? Think about the effect extra weight has in the natural. It causes problems and discomforts and can even lead to illness. The same is true in our spirits. When we carry extra weight, it causes problems, long-term problems. Several years ago, I was struggling in a number of ways, and um, I wasn't working, and I'd had some health issues, and and I was just struggling internally, and I was praying, and I was asking God to take away the struggle and, you know, to take away the weight I was feeling, and he said to me super clearly, I want you to start running. And I said, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I don't, that, that can't be God, get behind me, Satan, because I am not a runner. I've never been a good runner. I played high school basketball, which is a running sport, but my nickname was slow-mo because, uh, yeah, not a great runner. I mean, I, I gave other things to the team, but running was not my strong suit. So when God said, I want you to start running, I was like, mm, okay. And so I was like, and then he said this, as you run, the weight will come off. And I knew, just as God does, there was double meaning there. I knew he was talking to me in the natural because that needed to happen for me. But I also knew he was talking about in the spiritual so I decided to say yes and obey. And as I ran, he began to speak to me about the heaviness that I was carrying in my heart. He really did, because I was running and it was hard. I had extra weight in the natural, and it was hard, and it was causing my running to be laborious and unenjoyable. And um, God said to me, this is the same thing that's happening to you in the spiritual. So he challenged me to let it go so that I could run better. In the Passion Translation, this part of the verse says, let go of every wound that has pierced us. Every wound that is, and that is what it's talking about when it talks about the, the weight that hinders us. The weight and the pain of offense and the bitterness of unforgiveness, that was what I was carrying. I had wounds and pains that needed healing, but instead of going to the healer, I was trying to tend to them myself. And as I ran, I cried, and I prayed, and I slowly let go, and I got lighter and lighter 
both in the natural and in the spiritual. It was a really powerful experience for me. The Greek word here for hindrance is agkos, which means burden, weight, or a mass that is caused by a mass causing bending or bulging by its load. What are you carrying that has such weight to it that it causes you to bend and bulge like a mass that is attached to you, bringing you down? I will speak to unforgiveness and say that is one of the enemy's number one tools to keep us weighed down. Because what unforgiveness does is it ties us to the thing that hurt us, causing it to hurt us over and over and over again. And if we're waiting for that person to cut that tie, it will continue to pull us down. We are the ones that break the tie of unforgiveness. We have to let go. Some of you know what you're carrying. Maybe it's a wound, a pain. Maybe it's anxiety. Proverbs 12.25 says, anxiety weighs down the heart. Maybe it's pressure to provide for your family. Maybe it's living up to expectations. Maybe it's a false responsibility that you have to carry people yourself. Maybe you're trying to run a race, but you got your family on your back, or you got your husband or your wife on your back, and you're trying to carry something that isn't yours to carry. Maybe it's shame over your choices from the past or shame over your choices from last night. But you're carrying a weight, and Jesus sees it. There are others of you in the room that feel a weight, but you have no idea what it is. Jesus sees that too. And he is inviting you to let that go. Listen to this, Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. There is an exchange, but we have to get rid of our burden and we have to take on his burden, which is light and easy. In the message, Jesus says, I won't let anything heavy, I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. So if you are carrying something that doesn't fit or that feels heavy today, that is not from the Lord. And he's inviting you today to let go. When you, when you say, God, I let it go, he then does the work and takes it from you. He then does the freeing. So we can let go of what hinders us. We're also told to throw off the sin that easily entangles us. So sin, the sin that easily entangles us. You know, the sin that entangles me might be different than the one that easily entangles you. But I want to show you something. The Greek for this one phrase about the sin that entangles, it means to skillfully surround. There is a sin that can skillfully surround you, making you even believe that you are trapped by it. The picture here is of a competitor, our enemy, thwarting a racer in every direction. To prevent or retard running is the full picture of that Greek word. Sin hinders and entangles. It wants to surround you and thwart you and prevent you from running. Dr. Ravi Zacharias says this about sin. Sin will take you farther than you want to go. It will keep you longer than you want to stay, and it will cost you more than you want to pay. There is no such thing as innocent sin. Sin's goal is complete control, and it will not stop until that is achieved. In Genesis 4-7, the Lord himself warns Cain. He says, sin is crouching at your door, and its plan is complete 
domination of your entire life. Listen, guys, we cannot give sin a foothold in our life. It's no big deal. It's my hang-up. I'm still working on it. Sin's not happy to hold a little piece of your heart. Sin's desire is to entangle you, to trip you up, and to cause you not to be able to run the race, to humiliate you. I, I want you to hate sin. Listen, I want you to hate sin, and I want you to hate its effects, because I do. And I think that's, and that's how God feels, too. And he knows that sin is trying to steal everything good that God has for you. To steal, to kill, and to destroy. He wants to kill your joy. He wants to kill your passion. He wants to kill your plans. He wants to kill your confidence, your worth, your self-respect, and he wants to destroy you. And ultimately, he wants to destroy your connection with God because he knows that that's what hurts God the most is our connection with him. And how does he do that? Sin. Because sin causes us to turn. Sin brings shame. It causes us to hide from God and lose our connection with him. So I just want to do a quick illustration here if I can. Um, would you come help me? Okay, I have one more, one more visual. All right, Catherine. I'm just going to show you a quick illustration of how sin entangles us. James chapter 1 says that sin starts from our desires. It starts from the things inside of us that we are desiring, and instead of turning to the one who can meet those desires, we turn to other things to fulfill us, to satisfy us, and, and do that. So we make a choice for sin. So that's what she's done. She's holding on to sin. And so what sin begins to do is, I've not done this with the microphone, so here we go. No, you're good. So sin begins to tangle us up. And like I said, don't judge other people for their sin because the thing that might be difficult for them might be easy for you. But that one thing that you can't seem to shake, that might be the one for you. And I want to I tell you something about sin. I think we think that private sin, sin that no one sees, doesn't really have an effect because when we stand still, we don't know that it's affecting us. But your name's Catherine, right? But if Catherine were to try to move right now, now I'm getting tangled up. If she were to try to run a race of any kind, what's going to happen to her? She's going to fall. She feels paralyzed. She feels frozen. She feels like she's not moving forward in her life, and she can't. And if she were to try to run, then she would, she would fall and be humiliated, wouldn't she? So this is sin's desire for you. This is what sin wants to do. And we can pray, and we can ask God to free us from our sin, and he promises that he does. So you know what God does? He comes in, and he frees us. But if we don't let go of the sin that's in our hearts, guess what? The enemy just starts it all over again. His desire is to entangle us. So the, the writer here is telling us, throw off the sin that entangles you. So can you just throw that off? And now she's free. Thank you. I don't want to hide in fear and uncertainty. I want to be running. How about you? I want to run free and whole, not tripped up, and not entangled. So how? How? How do we make this choice? We just do it. We just choose to let 
Go, and then we watch Jesus do his part. Romans 6.22, you have been set free from sin. Romans 6.6, you're no longer a slave to sin. Romans 6.14, for sin shall not be your master. When we let go, Jesus frees us. He does the freeing when we do the releasing. So that's our part. So challenge number one was let go. And challenge number two is let's go. Let's go, let's go. This is the second part of what the writer is telling us here. The writer says, run with perseverance the race marked out for you. So the first thing he or she is telling us here is to run. To run, not sit, not stand, not leisurely stroll or even jog. Darn it, I would much rather jog than run, right? But he is telling us to run. I believe with all my heart that there is an acceleration in the kingdom of God right now, that God is building his army at a faster pace, that there are suddenlies happening everywhere in God's people, in their hearts and in, and in the kingdom of God that feels like a suddenly, but God has been preparing things in the background for a long time. And now he's beginning to say, run. 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 It's time. It's time to run. 1 Corinthians 9.24 tells us to run in such a way as to get the prize. Run in such a way. If you're after the prize, come on, how are you going to run? A lot different than if there's no point and if you don't even know where you're going. So God has a purpose. He has a prize. So let's go. Let's run. I just uh, have a quick confession here. My running has stopped. Yeah, I haven't been running for a while in the natural. I haven't run um, because I got an injury. I hurt my knee. I had some arthritis. I got some swelling, got some shots, and I just stopped tending to it. I stopped caring for it, and I stopped running. And now I no longer run because I'm afraid. I'm afraid of injuring it again. And I think that that is a picture for someone that's listening today. You were injured, and it hurt, and you're afraid of the hurt, so you're sitting on the sidelines, and you're not running But God is calling you to run again, to trust him, to let him teach you how to run properly as to avoid re-injuring yourself. And then lastly, we're to do it with perseverance. We're to do it with endurance and determination. That is what he's called us to do. So how do we run with perseverance? First, we got to let go of the weight. we got to get untangled. And then we have to keep our eyes on the one who gives us the strength. Isaiah 40, 31 is a very common scripture that we know. I won't read it all to you, but it says, The Lord will not grow tired or weary. It says, He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But listen, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. And here's, our goal, here's the gold for us today. They will run and not grow weary. They will run and not grow weary. When our hope is in the Lord, when our eyes are fixed on him, he gives us the strength we need to run with perseverance. So I just, there is a race that is marked out for you. So let's let go and let's decide to go, go go. So we're going to take a minute as we're closing here on just just a minute of self-evaluation. And I want to ask you today, how are you doing in your race? How's your race going? Are you running hard? Are you winded? Are you weighed down? Are you walking through life just even unaware that there is a race? Are you apathetic? Oh, I stopped caring about the race a long time ago. Everybody else gets super excited about the race, but hmm, I'm just watching from a distance. Are you chasing other things and running in the wrong direction? Or maybe you're sidelined. 
You're sitting out of the race. You're injured. Maybe there's been a wound or an offense. Where are you today? I want to ask you, and I'm going to tell you this. I really felt the Holy Spirit tell me this strongly, that God is raising up an army, and he is asking you to join the front lines. Why are you saying no? Because there's a why. We don't just say no for no reason. There's a reason that we're saying no, that we are uninterested in something that we used to be interested in before. There's a why, and Jesus wants to come to that why and bring truth and bring healing so that we again even become interested in the race. I think that some of you here know there's a call on your life. There's, there's a calling that's strong, but you've had your fingers in your ears. La, 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 la for a long time because you think that the life you're building is better or safer or more predictable. You've been hurt by people in the church or your parents and your family has suffered from following God's call. The race has felt dangerous. So you're afraid of the pain and so afraid of it that you're sacrificing purpose and fulfillment in your own life. And it's not just affecting you, but it's affecting your family. And you know it because the life you've been attempting to build feels pointless and it feels aimless and it feels empty. And it always will because there is a race that is marked out for you. Good works prepared for you since the beginning of time is what it says in Ephesians. And anything less than that will feel like less of a life. It doesn't change God's love for you. It doesn't affect your eternity, but it dramatically affects your experience on this planet. Your freedom to run your race and live your life doesn't affect your eternity. But can I tell you, it might affect someone else's. Because you not running the race and you not walking in the call you were called to be, you may have been the one. And that's not a guilt trip, but I'm saying our lives affect each other. The enemy wants to take you out, not just because of you, because he sees what you doing, what you were born to do, how it domino affects and, and can save the lives of others. He, we are on this planet for like 10 minutes, y'all. Like we are not here that long. So why are we afraid of messing it up? Let's go for it. Let's run. I'd rather live an adventure for God than a boring, dissatisfying life that I build on my own any day. Because what I'm building and what you're building, it won't last. But God's purposes in you will make an eternal difference for people's souls and for the lives of future generations. It matters, guys. Your race matters. You matter. You have a role and it matters. And the enemy wants you entangled and bound up and weighed down. But Jesus says, I'm, I've come to give you freedom, but, but I, I'm not going to take everything. You have to let go. You have to let me, and then once you do that, you're going you're gonna to have the energy to go for it. Running your race with passion and endurance, that is what's missing from your life. That is what's missing. So before we pray, I'm going to read Hebrews 12, 1 through 3 in the message. And I love the, the language here. Do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way, all these veterans cheering us on. It means we'd better get on with it. Strip down, start running, and never quit. No extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished the race that we're in. He's already run the race, guys. He's gone ahead of us. Study how Jesus did it because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God. 
He could put up with anything along the way, cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor right alongside God. When you find yourselves flagging in your faith, go over that story again, item by item. That will shoot adrenaline into your souls. Can we bow our heads and close our eyes today? I just want to take a minute to speak to those of you who are listening who have been weighed down, beat down, or caring so much that you've been unable to make progress in your walk with the Lord. There is freedom for you. There is an exchange of that weight for his light burden. And if you feel entangled today by sin, or perhaps the shame of past sins, God is here to break the sins off your life today. My husband got a picture as we were praying that there were going to be chains at the seats, at the bottom of the seats here, that there are chains around our feet in this place today that have kept us from running or kept us from running well. And Jesus says, if you'll say yes, and if you'll let go, I will break the chains. You don't have to break them. You don't have to break the addiction. You don't have to break that. You just have to be willing to let go. And God says, I will come and free you. So God, help us let go today. Help us let go today and give us the strength we need to run. Give us that adrenaline in our souls to run with endurance what you have for us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Come on, keep your eyes closed for a moment if you would. I just saw a picture as Jen was sharing this morning. Come on, every eye closed across this place. I just feel like, you know, uh, Jen has an amazing way of, of bringing a message that is, uh, the way she delivers it is a way that she just, it's like a washing of truth. And I just saw a picture today of almost like there was a, this sheet being pulled off of the eyes of people realizing, oh my gosh, the devil has got me tripped up a little bit. The enemy's been lying to me and I didn't even know it. Today, with the words she shared and the things she said, I feel like the word of the Lord today for your life is, is that he's, the Holy Spirit is revealing to you areas where the enemy has got you stuck. You thought you were stuck in that place because you were born that way. Or you made too many mistakes. But today, the Lord wants you to know that the areas that you're stuck, the enemy has no power any longer over you. He has no authority over your mind. He has no authority over your heart. He has no authority over your position in your life. He has no authority over your marriage. He has no authority over your finances. He has no authority over your, over your mind, over your heart, over your strength. The only person that has authority and his name is Jesus Christ. So today, right now, Lord, we speak to every lie of the enemy. We speak to every twisted thought. And we pull the sheep back from their eyes today. And we identify exactly what Jen brought today, this idea that, Lord, there is a life that we are meant to live and the enemy has tried to steal and to kill and to lie and to destroy and to keep us bogged down for so long that we just begin to accept that, oh, this is just my life. That is a lie. And by the power of Jesus' name right now, I speak to every heart in this place today. Every heart who's bound up with unforgiveness, Every heart who's bound up with sin. Every heart who's bound up with bitterness. Every heart that's bound up in any way, shape, or form today. We speak uh, the name of Jesus Christ over their life today. Over their heart today. Over their mind today. And we expose the lies of the enemy. And we say that there is victory in the name of Jesus Christ. That where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Come on, right now in the name of Jesus Christ. I want you just to place your hand over your heart this, mo this morning. Lord, I speak to every heart that's hard here in this place.
Every heart in this place that's been protected, they put their hands up to protect from being hurt again. Lord, today, we put our, our hands over our heart, Lord, as a way of saying, God, our heart is yours. We open up our minds. So you come on, place your hand over your mind today, Lord. We just pray for the areas of our mind where we've allowed the thinking, Lord, to, to the, the stinking thinking, God, this, these patterns of this world. Lord, we no longer adhere to the patterns of this world. But Lord, would you transform us by the renewing of our minds? That we might be free, because Lord, we were f set free to be free, no longer to be yoked by the, the yoke of slavery. So, Father, I speak to every mind and heart in this place. Come on, this is a prophetic moment. For those of you who are first time or visiting today, this is a moment where God wants to come right now and speak to your heart. Come on, every eye closed in this place right now. The Holy Spirit is here right now. He is identifying areas in your life that have been weighing upon your heart, have been holding you back, that have been keeping you from moving forward. And today we declare there is victory in the name of Jesus Christ. Chains be broken right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Chains be shattered right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, depression be broken right now. Anxiety be broken right now. Fear be broken right now. Lord, even a, a Lord, unforgiveness and bitterness in the name of Jesus Christ right now. We declare that our hearts are your hearts, Father. Our minds are your minds. Our lives are your lives. And no longer will we be yoked by these chains in our lives. In the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Come on, just for a moment. Just keep your eyes closed. Come on, if you're in the place today, say, Ryan, I don't, I don't know the Lord. I don't have a relationship with him, but I'd like to do that today. It's very simple. I just want you to put your hand up real quick and say, Ryan, I'd like to give my life to Jesus today. I'd like to experience a life of transformation. I'd like to experience this life that Jen was talking about today. Come on, if you're here today and you'd like to give your life to Christ, all I want you to do is put your hand in the air real quick so I can see you. Come on. Amen. Come on, anybody else today? Come on, just put your hand in the air and say, I want to give my life to the Lord. I won't embarrass you. I'm not going to call you forward today. Okay, church. Come on, would you stand with me this morning? Come on, I want you to repeat after me. We're going to declare this really loud, church. Come on, let's pray with this person today. Come on, really loud. Repeat after me. Dear Lord Jesus. Come on, try it again real loud. Dear Lord Jesus. I come to you today. I need you in my life. Come on, church. I give you my heart. I give you my mind. I give you my soul and my strength. Would you come right now and forgive me of my sin? I declare that you're God, and I give my life to you in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Come on, everybody said, amen. Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus.